All right, and welcome. We are excited here on June the 18th that you are with us. This is a, an exciting session of uh, Navigating Reboot because most of our panelists have regathered as of last week, so we've got quite a bit to talk about. We welcome back today our special guest, Tyrone Barnett of Peace Baptist Church, and he was with us a few weeks ago, gave a, a great leadership resource and some, some, some leadership perspective that was so valuable, and he's going to update us on where they are as well. But also, we've been getting questions about uh, what, what, what does the governor's office say about some of the stipulations, social distancing? Look, we know that as a pastor, it's difficult to do it right, right? So you're, what, it, whenever you decide to regather, a lot of you already have, you're, you're doing it too late or you did it too early. And now that you've done it, you didn't do it right, right? There's always that contingency in your church. We're hearing those stories. We feel your pain. And we want to give you some backup on that if we can, just to have this conversation you know, not just as the mission board, but also as the panelists here uh, trying to lead their churches through this. If you were with us last week, uh, you know that, you know, there's already already been a, a COVID instance uh, with uh, in Jason Britt's church. He mentioned that and kind of covered that. Go back and listen to that replay. Let me just remind you that all the replays are posted at gbaptist.org forward slash reboot and also uh, at anchor.fm forward slash church reboot if you want the audio versions only. We also have two videos there with Jason Day, both the Outreach.com sanitation kits that they're providing and also uh, the back to church signage, postcards, invite cards, uh, printables, floor stickers, all that. They've got a great suite of products that you don't have to create. You just order. So it's very useful there. That's also on the reboot page. Well, again, session 10, we're thrilled that you're here. Let's make it a great time of interaction. Glad to have all of our panelists back. Once again, we have with us today, Joel Sutherland of P. Vine Church. We also have First Baptist Woodstock's Jeremy Morton, Jason Britt of Bethlehem Church. We also have Stephen Durbin of Oak Hill and Griffin. And as mentioned, our special guest, Tyrone Barnett of Peace Baptist Church and Brad Hughes uh, from the governor's office. Tim Dowdy, Eagles Landing and also Pastor Wellness, Georgia Baptist Mission Board. The floor is yours, sir. Good to see you. Thanks, Scott, man. I appreciate it. And uh, Brad, it's, it's great to have you here. You, I, one of the things that I think everybody's feeling a little bit of the pressure of is um, whatever they've done, whatever they've tried to do with some people, it's okay, but with a lot of people, it's not. So either they're too conservative on how they've approached it or they've, there are not enough rules. And so some of our guys just want to get some clarity on what is expected uh, from the governor's office as we reopen. So if you can just kind of give us a quick summary where we're at, Brad, and, we appreciate you being here, taking the time to join us and give us some, some guidance today. Well, it's my pleasure. I will say I'm quasi-offended. This is the 10th session, and it's the first time I got invited. Horton's <laughs> over there looking like who shot John, like he's been playing golf, and he's here every week. But I understand I'm just not part of his circle. Maybe one day I'll rank. It's so good to be with y'all again. These are fun. Jeremy, you know I love you. Um. I'd say the first thing that the governor expects from y'all is just for you to lead and not to wait for him. A lot of people have fallen into the typical trap of waiting for the government. And I do appreciate, and the governor appreciates the respect and deference shown to him and to the guidance he's given. But at the end of the day, you are the pastor of that church and that church is sovereign in and of itself in the body of Christ and not, and you know what I mean, I'm not being theologically inaccurate. I mean, the government is not sovereign over your church. And so um, and I'd say the first thing we would say is to lead. 
you make the best decisions. What I've said over and over again to everybody is make decisions you can defend. Now that got some people scared because they thought I meant defending court. That's not what I mean. I mean that if there's a breakout of the virus in your church, you can say, we took these precautions and it still happened. There's nothing else we could have done. But I will say that after gathering at my church, First Baptist in Blakely, Georgia, last week, you do see pretty quick that some of the stuff looks like overkill and some of the stuff gets missed. And uh, my church is going to go to, we, we initially had it where people had to RSVP to church, which is, I know sounds ridiculous, but we needed to know about the ability to have crowd control. We were willing to do as many services as were necessary for the people who would let us know they were coming. But, uh, but I think now we're not going to do that anymore. We're just going to have people show up and we're going to have overflow spaces. So I would say that this is like everything from a ministry perspective, having been where you are in some respects, being on church staff before I worked for the governor's office, I'd say for you, just do what you think is best for your congregation because no one size fits all approach is going to work. A few things of admonition that we've figured is that we started out all saying in the governor's office and everywhere, uh, six feet of distance between people, the social distancing, which I know y'all are like me. If we never hear that word again, it'll be a day too soon. It's so annoying. But staying six feet apart. And then we started saying family units or in households. Well, look, there's a reality where in most churches, Lord willing, we don't have the room to spread everybody out six feet, even by family units. So we began to say to people things like from the governor's office, if you come in regular contact with somebody, if you work with them, if it is your mother, mother-in-law, dad, siblings, people that you regularly see, you can sit together. And we found that is a major space saver. You know, if you've got widows in your church, separating them all out by six feet when they're still getting together to play Uno and Bridge makes no sense at all. And it just makes your job more difficult. And so from that perspective, I would just say that you, you do what you think is best for your church, but that's one thing that we've found that has made it a little easier. Um, I'll say the biggest pitfall that we've found, and I understand Jason's already dealt with this, but I had a, a long talk with a church, uh, a pastor, not Baptist, a different denomination in Athens, and we got through talking after like two hours through all his plans, which I don't ever mind doing. If y'all want to talk through your plans, I'm happy to help you think through just because I've heard from so many of you the different scenarios. But, but at the end of the conversation, he said, if I missed anything, and I said, the only thing I think you've missed is what to do with a person who tests positive the week after they just came to church. And he said, well, what do, what do we do? And I said, oh, I don't have any idea. Good luck. I just want to let you know you need to go ahead and figure it out. And the issue is, in a big church, you may feel some sense of responsibility to have them contact your church office and let you know so that you can look back at the video and see who sat around them. I think that's ridiculous and overkill, but again, you lead. I, in a smaller church, it may be that you tell the person, look, whoever you were sitting around, you may want to let them know. You know, this is not like they caught some kind of sexually transmitted disease from an illicit affair. It's not something to be embarrassed about catching the COVID virus. It's not like something that they are, you know, that they should be a scarlet letter on their forehead for. So I think we need to present ourselves as pastors and as ministry leaders and church leaders to them in a way that says, look, if you get it, don't be scared to tell us. People are still going to get it. I mean, I, it's not news. I'm not giving you inside information, but it's on the uptick everywhere. 
and particularly in areas of South Georgia, certainly in Florida, and it, it's, it's coming back. There have been reports of people who are now being hospitalized more than once for ca catching it more than once. We don't know the specifics of all that. All we know is that when somebody comes into your church and they sit in an area and they sing and they participate in worship and then they're tested positive, you know, the next couple of days, uh, that, that, that can present an issue for you. And it can present an issue for you as you present the gospel. Uh, I also add, it's very helpful and very important. We learned this in the Georgia legislature in March. We learned this in a lot of different areas. If somebody's had a test, they shouldn't come to church. So when you're giving your initial announcements in the beginning and you're exchanging the pleasantries and greeting them in the name of the Lord and then telling them how and when to use the bathroom and all the new weird things we have to do from a pulpit, you may want to say, look, if you've had a COVID test or if you get one the Sunday after, please don't come to church. Because a lot of people think, well, I took a test and you know I don't feel bad. I haven't had a fever. I get all that. But you're just opening a door for some drama for you for really no reason. There's just not any reason to do that. And so um, I, think, I think you may have some specific questions, but I'll end my part on this. And then a lot of questions about the gathering of 50 or more. Look, all that's doing is saying that if I have the COVID virus and I go to a party and there are 50 people there, I'm limiting the people I've exposed it to to 49 other people in there. There's no magic about the number 50. There was no magic about 25 or 10 or whatever the other numbers are in other states. But in your church... If you, have, if you have events going on where you have more than 50 people, I want to reiterate, the governor has never, ever closed churches. He has never said you cannot meet. He did put intense pressure on everybody to stop meeting for a period of time. But if you said I'm meeting and you were socially distanced in your church, the governor had nothing to say about it, and he did not push you to stop or send anybody else there. Georgia is blessed in that regard. We continue to be on that footing in the governor's office. Nobody's telling you that you can't do certain things or you, there, there are, these are suggestions to make things better. There are certainly parts of the executive order that are binding and the health department can involve themselves in. But ultimately at the end of the day, I just want you as pastors to try to figure out a way to do what's best for your congregation, what's best for you as a pastor as you minister to your congregation. And I lied, that wasn't the last thing. The last thing is, this funeral crap, sorry, we can't say crap. Dr. White would be on me. This funeral mess about 10 people, that is something somebody at a funeral home made up. The governor's office did not say that. That's the most absurd and ridiculous thing I've ever heard in my life. I know of a situation in Southwest Georgia where somebody died and some of the immediate family stayed home because it was more than 10 people. Now, I would hope that their grief led them to be deficient mentally when it came to making that decision, but don't do that. You get one funeral and you get one funeral, whether you're in the middle of a COVID crisis or whether it's a bright sunshiny day and nobody's sick in the whole country. This idea that we're going to all get together in the fall. I mean, we're going to spend all day, every day preaching funerals and going to funerals. If we really do go back with the backlog of people, we got laid out everywhere that need to be actually honored and memorialized for their faith and other things. So Please understand with the funerals, be wise, social distance, all that stuff. But this idea that you can only have 10 or 25 or 50 is not from the governor's office. And you don't have to do that. And you don't need to ask a family to do that. That is a, that's a terrible situation to be in. But there are certain risks we're still going to have to take to some extent if we're going to continue to be humans 
who are loving each other in the name of Christ the way that we should. So are there any other questions? I'm glad to answer things specific or hang on however long you need me to. I'm good and clear for a while. Hey, Brad, the only uh, one other question that somebody uh, had emailed me was, um, do y'all feel like it's necessary for churches to have people sign a waiver before they come to church? I mean, is that all helpful? You know, I'm not an attorney, and so I can't say. I can tell you this. I would I would fight that with every part of me if I was at a church, that somebody coming into a church would need to sign a piece of paper saying they wouldn't sue the church. There is a certain element of sovereign immunity and a whole bunch of things. I, I'm not an attorney. I can't speak specifically, but I don't think we have any real risk of people being sued over stuff like this. Um I can't imagine even in this psychotic day we live that a judge would uphold a suit like that. But, uh, you know, if that's something you feel like you've got to do for your church, again, I say you lead, but it seems like a harsh overkill to me. Okay. Hey, any, any of you guys on our, our panel have questions for Brad? And I appreciate you taking the time to jump on with us today. I know a lot of our guys were just saying, okay, we want to make sure we're doing the right thing. You can imagine you take steps to to get people back on campus and you got people that are loving and excited. And then you got people that are pushing back, whether you're doing too much or doing too little and feel like you're not doing the right thing. So it's just good to hear some, some good encouragement. Um, well, let me tell you this too, that look, there's certain, we all know this and I can say it cause I'm not in full-time ministry now. Sometimes something helps, never does it. Something helps a church more and more when you just have a few good funerals. Sometimes nothing ever helps a church like a few good funerals. There are going to be people in your church that are going to pitch a fit and say you're doing the wrong thing. At the end of the day, living life in fear is just as sinful as everything else. I mean, I, you got to take proper precautions, but those pastors who are facing groups in your church that are just bringing nothing but criticism over every decision you do, I, that I can't imagine that it is worth your time to even interact and deal with those people. You're going to be critiqued. You're going to have people who are going to say things. I, there's wisdom and in, in a multitude of counselors and having people around you to help make these decisions so that you don't miss anything. But at the end of the day, you know, you got to do what you think is best. My email address is Brad Hughes, B-R-A-D-H-U-G-H-E-S, zero, zero. I'm sure Scott will type it fast. Brad Hughes, zero, zero at gmail.com. So, uh, you know, anything that you've got, you, you're certainly welcome to send to me, or if you want to call me, I'll be glad to talk through some of these things. I think somebody had a question, Brother Tim. Okay. Uh, there, let's see here. What's yeah. the requirement on masks, and what's re is there any requirement on using thermometers? Uh, no, there's no requirement. We, uh, My church is doing – I play for the church, so I'm not – I don't even know what they do coming in, but – a lot of churches are doing a, uh, are using a thermometer when you come in, checking temperatures. Our church asked people to wear a mask until they got in and got seated in their seat. And then they took the masks off. And if they got up roaming around to put a mask on. In the Capitol, everybody's wearing a mask. It looks like a bizarre Halloween party. But uh, if, it, if it helps you, makes you feel better, and you want to wear a mask, that's fine. I don't deal well breathing my own hot breath because I don't like to be hot in general. But uh, I think it is there are certainly cases where it is helpful and it's better. But um, but if you preach through one, I'm going to make fun of you probably on social media. <laughs> uh, all right. Any other questions? Any guys, y'all have any questions for Brad? 
Thanks for your leadership, Brad. Thanks for being a bridge yeah. for the churches to the governor's office. You're very helpful. You've helped so many guys. Thanks. Hey, it's my pleasure. Yeah, thank you so much. Appreciate the time. Appreciate the comments and encouragement. I think everybody's just looking for some wisdom and direction and trying to be wise and getting as much counsel as possible. And, and this has been very helpful. So, Well, uh, you're not going to go to jail. The authorities of whatever sort are not going to shut your church down. But if you run into any kind of an issue, call my cell phone or text me immediately and we will get the proper people there to help you out. Don't be in a panic about what somebody may or may not do. You do what you think is best for you and your congregation and, and share the gospel and give, remind people of the reason we have hope and all the craziness of this world, especially if you live in Atlanta. I left late last night just to get out. Lord, help y'all. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Well, y'all have a good day, and uh, you got my email, and, and Scott, Jeremy, others have my cell phone. So if y'all need it, need me, please do call me. We, we're, we're glad to help, and we want to make sure that you feel comfortable with whatever you're doing. Thanks, Brad. All right, y'all have a good day. Hey, I know uh, some of you guys started back this past Sunday. Kind of, you know, some of you had done a soft kind of leadership launch before, but then this Sunday we kind of had everybody back in. Any of y'all want to talk about how it went, how things, how people felt coming in? I know Jeremy's got a unique story uh, with his uh, his story with the I – mean, my laws just start with it and get no, it out. Jeremy, you go first, buddy. Some yeah. of our people felt especially free to do whatever they were prompted <laughs> to do, reportedly by the Spirit. So I, I'll say this quick. We had a wonderful reopening with one very public exception. We had our people supportive, gracious – thankful people were coming in the door with masks. Some were not. Everyone stayed where they were supposed to. We had marked corridors to enter through this way, exit through this way, come in with your row, leave with your row. And everyone was great in our second service. And guys, I think this could be, even though it's humorous, a small window of what many of us might face. And again, I'll just say this fast. Our church took it offline. They pulled the link down because it was live. But in the middle of my sermon, and this is only the second time this has happened in my life. The only other time was like 15 years ago. Crazy. But in the middle of my sermon, a young woman just came up on stage. She started towards the altar, which is what really confused our security team. And she kind of hunched over in a prayer position at the altar and then she only prayed for a couple of seconds. She just popped up on the stage and came straight over to me. She wasn't wearing a backpack. She didn't have a weapon in her hands or anything like that. I didn't feel a physical threat. It wasn't a security issue. It was just, bless her heart, she was confused. And I'm in no way minimizing anything that could be a mentally, uh, a mental illness. But um, she stopped my sermon and said, I, the Holy Spirit's given me a message for the church. And I said, I, I'm, what? And she said, can I speak to the church right now? And I said, no, let me finish this, which so many people have made gifs of this gifts. I mean, it, it, you ought to just see the group text messages going around Woodstock about me saying, let me finish this right here. But anyway, so long story short, the lesson might be for all of us, who knows where this gal's been quarantined the last 12 weeks, mm -hmm. who knows what her psychological condition really is coming out of a pandemic. Um, our staff has tried to be in touch with her family to, tend to her needs. And I mean that very sincerely. I, I would never make light of someone who's mentally going through a hard time. Um, it's easy to say crazy, but 
I think it can, you know, but, but, but people have, have needs. And so guys, I'll just say this, this is kind of even uncomfortable to talk about in a setting where I can't see everyone's face. Who knows who might want to stand up in your church right now and say anything political, social. Um, um, I mean, from everything from the racial unrest and the, the, the tragedies that are going on uh, racially to the politics of our country, to law enforcement issues, uh, there's people that are economically frustrated. I mean, it is that people are a match ready to strike. Uh, weird is the new normal. That's what I told our staff. Weird is the new normal. Normal doesn't exist anymore. Like normal. Weird is kind of what's going what's to be weird that happens today. What's going? So God bless you as you lead through this and pastor through this. I welcome anyone's feedback on this. We were able to handle it. The security team and the staff was able to meet with this girl and pray with her, but she just felt led to come up in the middle of the service and say, can I speak right now? So happy. Yeah. welcome back. Welcome back to church. Welcome back to church. Yeah. One positive of being completely online, no one comes up on the stage in the middle of the service and wants to talk. I guess that's one positive of being completely online. Yeah, you don't have to worry about that. And, of course, probably at that point, up to that point, you're probably feeling pretty good because people are back in. And then that one thing just kind of throws everything off. But yeah. I think it is a good thing for us to remember that um, even in the midst of this, when everything is so strange, I mean, everything about a service, when people are wearing masks, having to come in certain doors, go out certain doors, people cleaning up restrooms, all that's so odd that even our security teams can be caught up watching all of that just to make sure that's going on and not pay attention right. to what they normally pay attention to. Correct. And that's exactly what happened to us. We have a great security team and I would never talk bad yeah. about them, but they were so, they've been out for 12 weeks. They're focused on safety and in their desire to be safe, we forgot about security. And, mm-hmm. but yet on the other hand, you don't want to stop somebody from coming to the altar to pray. We don't just, at Woodstock, we don't tackle people that come to the altar to pray. Right. Nevertheless, you can get from the altar to the stage really quick and we're not paying attention. So it is just bizarre. It's just well, bizarre. And, Welcome and, to the new normal. And, and and one thing that we need to keep in mind too is that maybe a lot of the guys on this call have not yet even put together a security team. Maybe you've got a, a, a deputy or off duty police officer that always packs some heat, you know, on Sunday. But uh, I'd challenge guys that are on this call to think through your security measures in light of what Jeremy just shared. In other words, you may be facing security threats that you've never faced before the pandemic and you're regathering now and you're just not prepared. The last time I had something like that happen to me, Jeremy, I was in a church in South Georgia in a revival meeting that was running probably right at 220. And a guy just, you know, off his meds in the middle of the service kind of went on a rant and was actually pretty angry, had to be escorted out. So no matter where you are in the state and no matter what size your church is, if you haven't done it yet, now's the time to put together some security protocols and uh, have some guys ready to know exactly what to do in these situations. And, and I'll close with this. People are angry and people are confused and they're looking for a way to vent. I think social media is the primary example. Go on social media. Everybody's venting. Everyone's venting frustration. People are angry and they're confused. And when angry people are confused, it can be volatile. Well, and, and, and besides that, everybody's already stressed out. They've been through three months not having work, not being able to socialize with their friends or, you know, all that just added up to, to, to just a terrible, perfect storm for people um, emotionally and mentally. And um, it's, it's tough. It's a difficult season for sure. Um, can I I add, Joel, hey, go ahead. Can I add to, you know, not yeah. just what Jeremy had live on site, but also online, 
you have people, we've had people jump in on our chat rooms. I don't know if y'all have talked about this previously, but just really having trained people who know how to handle the crazy messages that happen that could give a real bad impression, people reacting to your sermon or to some social issue, like you just said, Jeremy, or whatever, just um, really looking at security across the board, not just on site, but also online. Uh, On our prayer line, we, we have, you know, people, anyway, just a lot of those things happen. So we just need to Look yeah, that's a good. That's a good point. Um, people feel a lot of freedom to say whatever they think, even if yeah. it. Hey, Tim, uh, I yeah. woke up this morning to uh, a gentleman in our church calling for the resignation of our full pastoral staff. So happy Thursday um, to everyone! <laughs> wow, goodness. Whew. Jeremy's got room for you in the balcony, Stephen. Well, turns out we're not going to resign. But if, if we do take that option, I'll, I'll, I'll come up to Woodstock and see if I can find a seat. That's right. We do have room for you. Yeah. I, I will warmly receive you, Stephen, and not make fun of the issues that you're going through like heartless Jason Britt. <laughs> hey, Joel, I know y'all, y'all met, right? Yes, we did. We did. Um, you know, we did, we, we, we reduced our seating capacity by 50%. And so we went from, uh, you know, almost 800 to about 400 seats. Uh, we did do kids ministry in preschool in two services. So we asked our eight o'clock service uh, to be senior adult suggested. And mainly that happened. Um, we wound up with a total. So we were, we we're averaging about over 1600 when this happened, we, we wound up with a total kids and all about 850 Sunday, which was right at 50%. What, what we loved, and this is some good math here. Um, we had dropped down to about 950 people online and we think devices, those are actual IP addresses. We count IP addresses, not because we don't do Facebook and we don't do comments for exactly what Tyrone said. I don't want to broadcast on Facebook too much of an open forum. And so we kind of control that metric. And so we, what we were really worried was, Tim, hey, we're going to have 850 people here and our online viewership is going to drop down to 100. Here's what's interesting. We'd done a poll and found out we had about 2.789 people per device. So I'm going to use three for easy math. Um, so we basically wound up with 900 people live. We only dropped 300 on online viewership, which the math equates basically perfectly. Three people per dropped out and they showed up online and we still wind up with 650 viewers, individual IP addresses online. Uh, and what we, what we thought was happening was happening. People were figuring out how to broadcast it on their television. Since all this started, they were not watching on iPhones and those kind of things as much anymore. It, so we, we did wind up, uh, you know, weird atmosphere coming back. I hate, like Brad said, I hate having to give those directions on, you know, we didn't do enter and exit directions. Like we just said too much for us too long takes too much time you know we did the fellowship we're not we're just going to wave at people we're going to have a fellowship time we're not receiving an offering we have offering boxes around the you know audience Uh, we did wind up with about 200 kids in kids ministry between preschool and kids and that went phenomenal Um, we're temperature checking the workers but not the kids obviously couldn't do that we spaced out the check-in we put um uh, we, we put signs on the floor, said, stand here, you know, as you move in. Mm. Had a really good experience with all of that. I did not give a come forward invitation. As a matter of fact, I said, hey, if you want to join the church, come back next week. I don't, we don't know how we're going to do that yet. Like, just, we don't know. S- send me an email if you want to join. Like, we, we don't know how we're doing that right now. Mm. Um, 
but by and large, man, our numbers held very strong um, between online and offline. And for us, we couldn't have been happier with our first Sunday bite. Yeah. Oh, and we had two people save uh, text yeah. in for salvation. Praise the Lord, man. So that's awesome. Uh, hey, yeah, and go ahead. I know with being inside with the children's ministry, did it, did it seem like when talking to your workers that the parents that were bringing theirs obviously they wanted to be there? Did they feel like everything was reasonable? <laughs> we we of course our our children's director, preschool director, they're phenomenal. Did a fantastic job of informing parents. You know, they shot videos and sent out about here's what you can expect on Sunday, that kind of thing. Uh, but here's the we've got nothing but great feedback. And, and it was a good lesson to us because we kind of thought this was true. Young couples were ready to get back and they were not going to come if they couldn't drop their kids off. Like they weren't bringing their kids into the worship center. Uh, they're, they're ready to get away from that uh, because they're trying to watch the service at home with five-year-olds jumping all over them and one-year-olds crying. And like, they're not coming to church if they still have to manage that. They'll just manage it at home where the toys are. So everything we got was a really positive experience. We didn't get any negative feedback, really. Of course, you know, we did. We got what everybody got. We got email after email of suggestions to do things differently, and, and we're just taking it all under advisement is what we're telling them, and we are, you know, if, if something. But we pretty much thought through every single option that, you know, you can do or can't do. So we, we really great feedback from the kids ministry. Um, and so, yeah, we're very happy with that. Yep. Good. Jason, I know y'all went outside, brought everybody to the football field. The weather was great. Probably one of the lowest humidity days in June in Atlanta. History. Yeah. Yeah. I told everybody they were praying and living right for this week. If it rains, it's on them, not me. Cause I'm always <laughs> praying and living right is what I said. Uh, but we did, uh, we did, uh, Saturday night and three Sunday, and uh, it went right great. We came in about fifty uh, percent, what everybody's saying about fifty percent. If, if you take fall spring attendance, more forty percent. But where we were last summer, we came in at fifty percent. So that's kind of the way we did. Um, you know, it went fantastic. Uh, I'm trying to think a couple things outside. There was a comfort level. You had a whole hundred yard football field. There, there was a little distancing, but not much of, you know, 2,000 people, 1,800 to 2,000 people. You're talking about we had – we counted four masks, four, mm. counted four masks, which tells me if you're, if you're over the coronavirus, you were here. If you're still bothered by it, you probably weren't here. Yeah. Uh, we had kids uh, pretty good. We did. I would agree with Joel. Um People that with there were some people with young kids there, but most people with young kids, are, if if they're going to chase them around a football field, they weren't there. You know what I mean? And, and we get that. Uh, but it went great. Um, we did offering boxes. We did uh, at the gates when they came in. We looked good this weekend too. We're going to do three weeks like this, and then we're going outside. We're, we'll be back to normal services and campuses in July. Um, and so yeah, I mean, all the way around this weekend, we're going to do baptisms. We got. Uh, 14 baptisms this weekend, so I'll let you know how that goes. Mm. Uh, we're going to do baptisms in all of our services, again, outdoors uh, as well, and we're going to start doing uh, baptisms. Uh, and so, uh, but, yeah, couldn't have gone better. I'm trying to think if there's anything we learned. Um, I, I, like I said, I think the big takeaway is there was nobody there 
we didn't initiate hugs. We didn't initiate handshakes. But if you were there, you were up for hugging and handshaking. That, that's what I would say. We didn't kind of what Joel said. We didn't do like a normal, hey, man, turn around, say hello to your neighbor or any, we didn't, you know, we had greeters at the gate that was our staff just waving, welcoming back, had people in the parking lot with T-shirts on, welcoming, waving back. So we try to create a fun, festive atmosphere. And what I mean, I hugged as many necks and shook as many hands. If I don't have the coronavirus, you know, uh, if I'm not carrying, <laughs> I mean, because everybody was like hugging and shaking, you know. And so, again, we didn't initiate, but everybody did. Uh, so, yeah, we, we, we felt great about it. And we realized we had more room outside, so we reduced to three services this weekend just because even with the services that were full, there was still plenty of room on a 100-yard football field. Mm-hmm. So we just kind of knocked out the early 8 a.m. service and just uh, – and we're still doing registration. And our registration numbers, Jeremy and I talked about it. Jeremy, you can comment on that. Ours ran – we registered a few more than actually came. You know, um, so that was that was interesting. So I think we registered around twenty three, twenty four hundred, maybe about uh, eighteen hundred to two thousand. What was actually there? So uh, that, that's what we learned. That if you registered, doesn't mean you're going to be there. Exactly, we learned that as well. I was shocked by that. I really felt like pre-registered people would be present, and we had about two thirds of those that pre-registered show up. But for whatever reason, some registered and secured a spot, but at the last minute chose not to show or maybe they never intended to show who knows i don't i so first for us yeah we had some saturday night bails too and people sent emails that were supposed to be workers and volunteers i think people just got nervous it's one thing to register on tuesday and on saturday night you know and i get it i get it yeah we had the same thing at eagles landing jeremy we were probably about the same we had about um 70 percent of those that registered actually showed up and you know, odd thing that you could sign up Wednesday and by Sunday you're you're not coming. You know, but um, and Tim, I would say I don't know what you guys all thought, Joel, Jeremy, or Stephen, whoever, Tyrone. As I, what we saw was as many people that weren't there. It was as much about vacation as it was the coronavirus. Yeah. Oh I mean, yeah, we've been the, told. across the board. Vacation. It's just it's June. Our lowest times June anyway, yeah. pre-coronavirus. Yeah, we've been told, hey, I'm I'm in Florida this week, but I'll I'll see you next week. Yeah, a exactly. whole lot. Exactly. A whole lot. Yeah. Hey Tyrone, I don't I think y'all haven't met. Y'all still doing online, correct? Yes. Uh, we're 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 uh probably on the other spectrum. Uh, our community is a little different and um we've had a lot of people in our church and people in their families who have had coronavirus. And mm. when you see it, when you pray for people, when you actually see what it does. It, it, it creates a caution. We've had a staff member that's had a stroke, had coronavirus. He's still in the hospital, mm. um, paralyzed on the right side, uh, loved, beloved by our, by, by our church. Um, and those things, those stories uh, really, really set an image. You know, and it's kind of like when people get, you know, get saved. Some people want to get, get saved because they're afraid of hell. You know, and I think that's kind of when corona came out. It was kind of like that, you know, man, we all got to be afraid. And then when you see that you wake up the next day and the next month, the next month, you kind of start going back to your, your practices. Same thing with Corona. I think we, we might forget. I just want to say we, it's still out there too. <laughs> you know, yeah. people, it's still out there. And, um, and our community, you know, um, is just one that I'm really trying to protect. We have had one person in our church that has wanted us to come back. Um, no, you know, everybody's appreciating the fact that we're being very, very cautious. And the earliest we'll do is August. We've said we're kind of looking at the school system 
and many of our school systems haven't decided what they're going to do. And we're, we're kind of doing that. And that gives people a little bit of a comfort level. Um, so when the schools say they're going to have um, schools and those things, we're kind of doing that. And we're, and we're, we're doing a really good online piece. Um, we've not seen a major drop off in our attendance. Our small groups has tripled our, um, our, you know, our student and kids ministry, seven days a week, touching the kids and the families. You know, our, uh, so it's, it's a little different in that sense. Our offerings, everything's, we're above budget and all those things. We sent out, um, I don't know if you can see this, but um, the, um, what is it, already prepaid um, envelopes for people to give. Uh, a lot of our people do that. Um, and um, of course, most of it's coming online, but uh, we want to be sensitive to the seniors. And so we, we're being very, very cautious. And so we don't have a date. And we are learning from you all. I, I love being on this call because I'm learning, I'm listening, and we're watching so that we can really learn best practices. We will come back but um, we're not really rushing to it. And um, in the surveys and things like that we do, there's not one person that wants us to like come back in June or July. Everybody's looking at August or again, you know, maybe even the latter part of August um, as we kind of see where we are, but that's where we are. Well, man, let me just say, you're doing a phenomenal job to keep your congregation together for this long online and not to see a drop off and to see you know, from the giving to participation in small groups, that's, man, that's, that's phenomenal. Cause I, I know even at Eagles Landing and others are probably the same thing. We saw that trailing. It was, it was, it was starting to lag further and further behind where you really wanted to see it happen. Um, so man, great job. And, um, it, it's more, you know, you see them, it's lagged on the, on the alive, meaning that, but what people have discovered is we've got seven ways you can see our service. Mm-hmm. And so people watch it Tuesday, Wednesday, you know, and those things. They have watch parties, you know, in, with their family or their neighborhood. Um, and uh, it's quite interesting. But, yeah, it's – and so we're seeing about the same amount of numbers when we started and even actually growing. Um, there are family members and people who weren't getting saved. They're using it as an evangelistic tool to family members who didn't ever go to church. I've got a, my whole family in, in, uh, in Massachusetts never, early, never went to church until a funeral. And now – Every week for the last 10, 11 weeks, they've been in worship. <laughs> you know, yeah. you know, you're talking about 15, 20 people who weren't in worship before. And we're seeing that throughout our church because we, we moved it to a evangelistic tool to where now you can reach your aunties and your cousins and others. And uh, it's it's been really exciting. And so um, cool. evangelistically. That's awesome. That's awesome. Hey, Stephen, this is y'all second week, right? Uh, coming up. No, we started this past Sunday. Oh, did you? Well. Okay. You did a soft launch before that, didn't you? Yeah, we did. We did. Okay. So what did y'all say on Sunday that get got everybody stirred up wanting to get rid of the whole staff? I mean, what? <laughs> let, let me just say, it was just we'll one make person. Sure I and in, in fairness to him, there's some consistency in him because this is not the first time he's called for my resignation. Oh, okay. So, uh, And I appreciate consistency. <laughs> so um, uh, we were in two services, and, and like the rest of you guys, we had several people that, that registered early, very early, and then didn't show. Numerically, we were about 50-50 in our 930 and 11, and also, interestingly enough, the same amount of people that didn't show for our 11, it was same exact situation for our 930. So, but we sent out a survey. Joel was kind enough to share a survey that they uh, – they gave out the Pivon a week or two ago, and we got that back, I mean, just quickly. I mean, just hundreds of people were responding within the first hour, and um, it just said, we said, hey, if we came back live on the 28th, 
how many of you would definitely probably uh, unsure or kind of using Joel's language? No way. We wouldn't do that. And um, over 50% said we would definitely be there. And that's with childcare, kids, preschool, adults, everything, just start to finish kind of pre-COVID. But then we had about 22% that said probably. And the way that I kind of read that was the way that we tell our kids probably. It's a yes uh, but it's not now. Like, yeah, I'm going to say yes to that, but I don't want to deal with that right now. And so, and then another 20% uh, were unsure, which I read that as if they probably want to get two to three weeks under their belt and see how this thing continues to, to work. But we had less than 8% with all the questions just said, no, no way. And so anywhere from 75 to 92% of our people would be willing to come back um, on the 28th, should we go start to go live there? So the energy was good. Um, I think everybody was really excited to just be together, just like the rest of you guys. The energy was better in our 11 o'clock hour than our 930. But it was just, I mean, as a pastor, it was so good to see your people and just be with people that you love and see their faces and not just see their names on a comment screen or through, through social media, but actually just brushing by each other in, in the in the room. It was a special day for us. That's awesome. Now, so are y'all looking at July 28th? Is that what you're saying? No, I actually asked for the 28th of this month. Oh, the 28th of this month. The 28th for this month. And it wasn't, we weren't saying we were going to, we were just trying to gauge and have a working right, idea, I knowing that it could be the fifth or 12th or, or after. But I just wanted to have an idea so that our team can have a plan in place. And, and part of that was volunteers, finding out how many volunteers were ready to come back. Like a lot of churches, some of our volunteers are older, and so there's some hesitancy there for understandable reasons. Um, most of our volunteers said that they'd be willing to come back, and so we actually have a meeting with our, our pastoral team after this Zoom to try to have plans in place, knowing that it may not look exactly the way that it's looked in the past, but having a plan moving forward, what are the nuanced changes and adjustments we can make to be ready just in case in the next two to five weeks we decide to go live back on campus with all activities. What, what, like with your childcare volunteers, what have you thought about any processes that you're going to have that'll be just for them that you're going to work? Yeah, I actually like the idea of them being checked. I mean, the idea of checking each child as they come in seems uh, strange to me. Um, but I, I understand why people would want to do that. But, but making sure that our people who are responsible for the care and looking after those children that they are clear, they have a clean bill of health to the best of their understanding and our understanding. I think that that's important, but meeting with our children's pastor and our um, preschool director here in a little while, we're going to try to nail down some of those options and make sure that we have a good plan moving forward. Okay. Hey, Jeremy, when y'all think about um, your childcare aspect of this, what do you, what are y'all thinking about with your volunteers? I know that's a big question for everybody. How do we, how are we going to get them back? What are we going to ask them to do and how are we going to handle this? So we've identified three steps, Tim. We think again, like everything else, this has been a bit of a moving target. So it's fluid. So we resumed last Sunday, June 14th with worship only. So God willing, July 12th, we'll begin to add the childcare and some, some groups uh, on campus. Uh, some, some like choir, we have an orchestra, um, some, some other activities. Not everything, but some appropriately spaced groups. Kind of, we're not just going from worship to full everything. 
but mm-hmm. we hope to be full everything in August if God will give us grace and if it's mm-hmm. okay and schools are meeting and things like that. So we're our next big step, the church doesn't know this yet. It's not public. I, we may say it this Sunday, um, but we've circled July 12th as the beginning childcare Sunday. You know, it's like Jason said earlier, midsummer. It, oh, is July 5th a great day to ask people to volunteer? Yeah. <laughs> it, you know, we, we didn't want to do it this Sunday or the 28th. And uh, every, you know, Joel, you guys, I'm thrilled y'all are already doing it. We're just, we're just stepping into the water with, with baby steps, Tim. I don't know how else to say it. It's just mm-hmm. baby steps. And it's almost like put a foot in then look around and ask, is it okay? Then put another foot in and look around and ask, is it okay? Mm-hmm. So, um, man, we have people going, I'm ready to be back in choir. I'm ready for my Sunday school group to be able to do this. I'm ready for some, you know, recreation activities. I'm ready for, we have, um, a, a number of parachurch groups that meet during the week on our campus mm-hmm. there, but, but, you know, we're just trying to get there incrementally rather than just opening up the door. I, Cause I agree with Tyrone. It is still out there. We know that. Um, and, and we want to continue to minimize exposure yet proactively return to normalcy. And if you can appropriately articulate how to do that tension, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. buy, buy my lottery ticket and put it in my name for me. You know I mean? I, it's just so <laughs> difficult. So July 12th, Tim is when we hope to begin the next phase for us, which will be okay. childcare and some groups. So but with, not everything. with your leaders, with your childcare leaders, are you, are you going to like do temperature checks yeah, or have we, anything like that? We did temperature checks on all our volunteers, uh, ushers, gre- greeters this past Sunday staff. They, Hey, they temperature checked me. And I was the preacher. Maybe that's why that girl came up on stage was to tip. Just kidding. Bad joke. Bad. I shouldn't have even said that. But, you know, we did temp, temp check all our leaders. I'm, I'm with Stephen. I don't know that we'll, we'll temp check kids, um, but we're going to continue to do our leaders for the immediate future and, and hope for the best. And, and, and I don't think I didn't hear, at least if we had one that failed the temperature check test, I didn't hear about it. Uh, and, and, and I, the other guys that have said, Hey, if you show symptoms, stay home, man, we publish that everywhere we can. We have, I mean, we have said, we've never said, stay home. Don't come more often, yeah. which is so <laughs> antithetical to our message, right? We want, we, we, you know, as Baptists, we'll count you twice and or at least baptize you thrice. I mean, you know, we'll whatever. Well, we're telling people, Hey, don't come, don't come. If you have any symptoms. So, uh, are you, how are you doing your rooms? Are you limiting the numbers differently than you would? In well, your- we, we, we have a very large room and we're for, for a number of reasons, we're only using our worship center right now. Uh, we have- on your, on your childcare. Yeah. Which- so childcare when, well, yeah. we've, been, we've been doing uh, children in kids ministry during the week, more like a, a, a not, not ministry, but the employees of the hospital of Northside Cherokee, their kids uh, 15 to 30 kids a day have been staying in our kids ministry areas. And we, man, that's a great, a whole nother story mm-hmm. that we, we provided a ministry to our hospital employees because of, of the stress that they're going through. And we've been doing every other room, you know, uh, social distancing kids, which we've all laughed about. How do you do that? We've tried, we've tried, especially keeping the kids of, of healthcare workers. So Tim, that's a, you know, on July 12th, I'm sure we, we'll have a plan for what rooms and how we space it. Um, but yeah. they're kids, but they are kids. And if two kids want a hug, I'm not going to be the guy that grabs them and rips them apart, you know. Uh, mm-hmm. And, and I, I took Jason's uh, 
what he said. I did the same. I stood in the middle of our church lobby this past week after services, between services. I did not approach anyone for a hug or a handshake. But if anyone came to me for a hug or a handshake, I didn't go, don't touch me. You know, I just kind of let the people be the indicator of what their comfort level was, would be my comfort level. Um, you might, that might sound irresponsible to some. Um, I'm, I'm trying to be pure hearted and trust God to protect me and them. Um, so there's no playbook. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I'm with you. So somebody asked, um, and we, anybody can answer this. So if there isn't another surge for those of us that are back, um, in the state, what do you, are you just playing it by ear? We need to shut down again. You're going to do it. I mean, yeah, playing it by ear. I think well, I like what Brad said. I do think it's important. Uh, our governing authorities in Georgia, at least, are not really, they're really kind of letting us do uh, with wisdom. You know what I mean? And so I think that's just the reality. I think uh, if there's a big one in our community, I don't think you can't not shut down. But if there's a big one in another community, you know, and if there's an outbreak or stuff like that. So I'm playing it by ear. I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I think it's, to play it by ear. Okay, yeah, that was just a question somebody threw out. Just is, just it's curious. It could happen, yep. you know, and, and it's a possibility. The uh, let me go back since everybody says there's a coronavirus outbreak at Bethlehem Church. That's not what happened. Uh, <laughs> about three different people mentioned that, and then Brad mentioned that. I'm like, wait a second, wait a second. There was a group that was using our facility that has nothing to do with our church. That one of their counselors, and so we cleaned it up uh, for sitting our staff home for a day, desanitized the building and went back to normal. That was all. I was just giving an example. Nobody freaked out. Nobody worried about it. In fact, the only staff member that was interacting with the group got tested and was negative. We did get tested and was negative. So just to clarify before it gets tweeted and all this Corona, that's not what happened. I was just giving an example of how most people, it's almost like they, we called a staff meeting, and when they heard, hey, we had a, somebody, they, it was like they were relieved. They thought we were going to tell them somebody had died or something, you know what I mean, or there was had a, there was a moral scam, you know, something. They were relieved, almost expected. I think it'll be interesting, Tim, over the next few months when it's just going to become more and more expected. You know what I mean? I think that'll be interesting, like the flu. Yeah. Uh, you know, I don't know if that'll happen, but, hey, I've got the coronavirus. It'll be, it'll be interesting how people's – gauge goes up and down kind of what tyrone said at mm-hmm. first it was like ah now it's become more part of a rhythm of the way people talk about it yeah i know in our whole school and church uh group we've only had four people that have told us that they had it and uh, only one of those actually had to go to the hospital everybody else just endured a cold or you know had a little bit of symptoms and and got over it so i think you're right it's probably gonna happen it's gonna be interesting how each group reacts to it and you probably have to just gauge it relative to your community it may be focused in your area i know talking to some of the guys down in albany when all that was going on down there and it was so hot hot down there they were like we can't think like y'all think because we got a for a small community a massive outbreak so it was was a different different plan um but uh i think you know one of the things that was said today that's really helpful is just remembering to keep communicating with your people as much as possible about, um, man, if you went and got tested, don't come to church Sunday. 
If you thought you might have it and you went and got tested, you don't need to come Sunday. If you've got a cold, don't come Sunday. If you got a fever, don't come Sunday. You, you know, you hate to keep telling people that, but I think it's a wise thing in the middle of all this to remind people to be wise. Um, and the other thing is, it's just it's difficult to balance between those that are, um, are real comfortable, more comfortable at this point, and those that aren't. I know we had somebody come Sunday uh, to Eagles Landing, and they saw a lot of people coming in that didn't have masks, about as many as did, and so they didn't come in. They just, they just turned around and watched it online because they were like, ah, I don't want to go in if there's that many people that aren't going to be wearing masks. Um, so it is a difficult thing to balance, but um, – yeah, but I think, um, Tim, mask yeah. shaming has become a, a thing, you know, mask shaming, who oh, was yeah. in Walmart, who's walking around, and we've got to, we can't be proponents of that as, as followers. We see it, you know, uh, all around, and as pastors, we really got to model well that and not make people feel bad because they don't come to church. It's not a, it's not a, a, a badge of faith to not wear a mask, um, respected and honored as well. That's my. Yeah, that you're exactly right. That's a good good point. Uh, I'm just curious as as you guys regathered. I know one of the great things that's come out of this is that the offerings across the board have stayed pretty strong. Uh, upon regathering, how were your offerings last Sunday for for those that regathered? I shared with our church, I think during the coronavirus, we, we've been, uh, we're $1,500 less per week this year than we were last year, which is very, very livable. Uh, but then the last two weeks have been very strong uh, as people gathered. A lot of people we saw dropping envelopes into the, you know, tithing offering box Sunday. So uh, we won't know our final number until the day because of online giving, but I think ours stayed pretty strong the last couple of weeks. Yeah, we had we. I mean, it was funny. I wondered if we've been strong online and how many we would take up in a box. And Scott, we had twenty percent of our offerings in a box that came on the field Sunday, so people were still giving, even though they've been used to online. It's been strong. I didn't know how it would work, but I mean, I had probably five different questions. Where's the offering box? And so uh, they gave in service as well, and it was still strong. Well, that's good. Listen, I, th I think um, what we'll try to do, um, if you guys are good with this, we'll meet again next week, kind of update after now we've got a couple of weeks under our belt, see where we're at. Take a little break, first part of July. Maybe as we think about going full, you know, 100% back in our buildings with our programs going in, in August. Um, so late July, maybe we'll jump back in, get everybody together, talk about, okay, what's that looking like now? What have you learned? What are you thinking because uh, it's been a great environment to learn um, and, and to think together about how to get things. I, I've learned every week from, you know, something to take back. And, uh, and I've heard a lot of that. So um, we'll, we'll gather next week on Thursday, same time, do this kind of update. We've got two weeks under our belt. Here's where we're headed. Feeling pretty good. Feeling not feeling good. You know, this went well. This didn't go well. And then we will take a break, come back toward the end of July to say, okay, what we're looking at with school going back. How, how is that kind of everybody jumping back in? Because attendance is going to be much more come August if we're going back full bore with life groups, Sunday school, whatever else you've got going on on Sundays, and everybody's back in off vacations and um, just how we're handling all that. That sound good? 
what, what Tim's trying to do is give everybody time to get coronavirus in your church. So we can deal with that as a topic uh, next week. So uh, no, I, yep. and Tim and I talked about this. I think, I think taking a, a month or so break or a few, few weeks off will be fantastic. Uh, so we will meet next week. That's great. Uh, before we go, though, I just want to give a, a quick plug. We just started announcing this, and you guys have been so faithful to be on here. I want you to be in the know what's going on uh, for other types of events that are going to help your church. Uh, we, the Go Georgia is coming back. Uh, it's going to be August 28th. It's a one-day conference delivered online, but there'll be three weeks of free access to that. It's co- now called the Spark Conference. So if you go, and I've already put that in the chat box, you'll see that link there, but it's www.thesparkconference.com. And again, it's going to be free registration. You can get early notification now. You can sign up for early notification now. So you'll be the first to know when registration opens, which should happen within the next week. So go to the sparkconference.com and uh, check that out and, and plan on being there. The great thing is, even though it's not an offline event, it's now a fully online event. You can, uh, we, we have, once you opt in, you'll see that one of the first things we give you is a, a blueprint to become a host and host an offline event. I know I have a lot of, uh, associational missionaries on here, uh, associational mission strategists on here. Thank you, by the way, for attending. I know you're here because you want to equip your churches who maybe can't be on the call. So thank you for your leadership in that. But uh, uh, if you're if you're an AMS, if you're a, uh, a church pastor and you want to do an offline event in your church, there are ways to do that with the Spark Conference. But the content itself will be 100% online. It's a total church strengthening conference. Uh, for you as leaders and your lay people that lead different areas, everything from small groups, Sunday school, all the way to to uh, engaging the culture, to to uh, preaching and leading. And there's all sorts of uh, topics, uh, over 50 sessions uh, and three keynotes. Robbie Gallaty is going to speak. Paul Chitwood from IMB. Our own uh, special guest today, Tyrone Barnett, is one of the keynotes as well. So you'll want to uh, check that out at thesparkconference.com. This will be reposted as a replay today here um, the next 24, 48 hours at gabaptist.org forward slash reboot. And uh, that's it for me. Any closing thoughts from you guys? Hey, I do want to say thanks to everybody for being diligent in this. I know, you know, trying to set a time every week when you're jumping on this, to, but it's been invaluable, so helpful to so many pastors and been such a blessing. You guys have been faithful to do it, even while you're on vacation and other things going on. I, I appreciate that so much. Um, I so grateful for your willingness to be a part of this. It's been a big help, and, I, and I'm thankful for that. That's it, guys. I hope everybody has a great day. Thanks for everything. And uh, the panelists, once again, thank you. And everybody who's attended, we'll see you guys next week. Hey, appreciate you guys. Thank you. Thank, thank you. you. Appreciate it.